0: So welcome to another episode of the Cam Marketing Save the Planet podcast. And today, Gemma and I are delighted to be joined by Tessa Clark, co-founder and CEO of Olio. Tessa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So let's kick off with a bit of a backstory about how Olio came into being, your intent and
1: where you've got to so far. So, Oleo emerged as a result of a slightly random experience I had seven and a half years ago now. I was moving back to the UK and on moving day, the removal men told me I had to throw away all of our uneaten food. And I'm a farmer's daughter originally, so I, you know, food waste was a crime in my family. So, clearly, I was not prepared to do that. No. And I instead set out into the streets trying to find someone to give my food to and unfortunately failed miserably. I went back to my apartment and sadly had to resort to cross-border smuggling. Um, (laughs) So when the removal men weren't looking, I I put those non-perishable foods into the bottom of my packing boxes. And I can remember thinking very vividly at that point in time that, you know, even for me, I was going to ridiculous lengths to avoid throwing this food away. And having worked in the digital space for well over a decade at that point in time, I knew there's an app for everything. And I couldn't believe there wasn't a simple app where I could just advertise my food and whoever was living nearby could request it and pop around and pick it up. And of
0: course, many of the greatest solutions start with somebody identifying a problem that they're trying to solve for themselves. And of course, this is very much the case with yourself. So food waste is a big problem. Do you want to just give us a bit of a, uh, an outline of, of just how serious and significant this is as a problem right now?
1: Yeah, so we would argue that food waste is honestly one of the largest problems facing humanity today. And it's a shame that more people don't know that. That's because globally, a third of all the food we produce each year gets thrown away, which is worth over a trillion US dollars. And in particular, the environmental impact of that is absolutely devastating. If it were to be a country, food waste would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions after the USA and China. And that's because a landmass larger than China is used every year to grow food that's never eaten. So that includes land that has been deforested, soil that's been degraded, species driven to extinction. It's also all the packaging and manufacturing, refrigeration, distribution, that all goes into uh, producing our food. And then when a third of it gets thrown away, sadly, the majority of that ends up in landfill where Mm -hmm. it creates methane, which is over 25 times more deadly than CO2. So the environmental impact of food waste is Absolutely devastating, but I would argue that the kind of the social and the moral impact of this food waste is is equally troubling. In particular, as we're speaking now, with the cost of living crisis Mm. really, really ramping up, um, not just in the UK but around the world, there are many, many people who are struggling to put food on the table, and it's completely unconscionable that both businesses and households. Are throwing away collectively over a trillion dollars worth of perfectly good food every year.
2: It's one of those those problems that we that well, there is solutions to it, isn't there? And it's a completely unnecessary problem we have. And we interviewed Too Good to Go and their whole their whole journey and mission around sort rescuing food. I know that some of the supermarkets are doing quite a good job now in terms of that yellow sticker and reduce section is not yeah. got that same tainted view on it. I love rescuing food now. I mm-hmm. do it all the time. I've really changed my habits around it. But it's understanding that need to consume less isn't it. So how is the Olio community driving change and progress in this area around if
1: we talk about just food waste or food in general now? Yes, yeah, so Olio is focused on one very specific part of this problem and actually in the UK it's the largest part of the food waste problem. So this is food waste in the home. So in mm-hmm. the UK, half of all food waste takes place in the home and actually only 2% of all food waste takes place at a retail store level. And our sort of core insight, if you like, is that the reason why people throw away food is because we are no longer connected to our local communities. We no longer have anyone to give our surplus food to. So when you ask people about food waste, they'll say there's lots of reasons. You know, it's kind of, I overcated for a party or I went away for a weekend or something's gone past its its date. But the reason why that surplus food became waste was because we no longer have anyone to give that food to. And the Olio app solves that problem by connecting you with people in your local community so that you can give stuff away in a way that is so sort of simple, safe, it's fast, and most importantly, it's really fun as well
0: it is and i have to say i use the olio app so um wow. i am a user <laughs> and, and it's interesting tessa because prior to that what i would do is i mean i always put we have apples and plums tree in in the garden and it's always very bountiful uh, and i've made as much jam and chutney and all sorts <laughs> of things that i can possibly do and my neighbors freezers are full of our of our frozen you know stewed apples so what I do is I will put the boxes out onto our front wall we don't have a load of footfall going back but it is interesting that things do go people do take stuff and so that's what I've always done previously and then of course we had our little whatsapp road group where we would Mm -hmm. then say oh I've got this over and that would come out and I think reading your backstory that was kind of how you tested oleo wasn't it? You you kind of tested it in that way with with a few, I think, friends or uh, local people who who were part of that. And and I was doing that until I then discovered Olio because there would be times where um, I would put those things out and 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 they wouldn't go, you know, and I'd always feel very down, or it out. would
1: start raining like it, it is raining. this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> you'd,
0: be, you'd be running out, or there'd be soggy things there, you know, that nobody would want. So so it really is a highly practical solution. And and what I particularly love about it is that it isn't just about food, is it? There's, there's no. lots of other things that you can put on the oleo. So I put some stuff, uh, camping stuff, where yeah. we were getting rid of all of our camping things. And of course, it was just at the time before uh, many of the festivals were starting. So of course, mm-hmm. teenagers were the you ones- You would have been popular. It <laughs> was very popular. You know, that was inundated with people. But there was a real sense of this is going to do something else we've had it for 20 years it's yeah. served us very well but it's still going to do something else and that that feels a whole lot better and of course you get to have conversations with people to say where are you going what are you
1: up to so it it is a connective yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right in that sort of as founders we created Olio to solve the climate crisis at scale yeah but when you listen to our community about why they're motivated to use Olio, in particular, why they keep using Oleo. Yep. It's much less about solving the climate crisis, and it's much more about two things, really. One, everyone tells us exactly what you said. It feels really good to know yep. that something that I've had is going on to have a second life somewhere else. That, yep. that just, there's something intrinsically good about that. Uh, and the second thing that we hear is around that community connection. Yep. And so we ran some research fairly recently and over 40% of our users tell us that they have made friends through the app, which, you know, we're in, in, in sort of in parallel to the many uh, epidemics that we're suffering right now, one of which is a loneliness epidemic. Sure. So that's really, really powerful. Uh, and then also over 66% of our users say that using Olio has improved their mental well-being. And that, again, is just phenomenally Powerful because sharing does create connection and yep. it strengthens local communities. And all of these things are a really, really important part of being human. Um, and and for me, Olio is a great example of what can happen when you take the best of technology and, and meld it with the best of humanity.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's absolutely key in relation to we've become so disconnected. We live in cyberspace. All of the apps. On our phone and designed to keep you on your sofa, and everyone will bring yeah. something to your and door. To divide and it,
1: us from one another yeah, as well, hundred
2: percent. Right? And it's a really tragic, sad place to be if that is your world. So you know, having having an app that that brings people together and gets people doing stuff in real life is, you know, yeah. seeing that, proving that mental health that takes the pressure off the systems that don't serve us anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And overall, it's just, it's an, it's it's a no-brainer. It really is so frustrating now that you know that that's not going up further up to the people that need to change the system. So for anyone listening that hasn't come across Olio, where would someone either start and how would they find out about it? And how would they, you know, could you run us through the app and what sort of that user, yeah. ex- not user, because I hate that term, but the community <laughs> person experience on there?
1: Yeah, sure. So, Uh, The first thing you would do would be to search for Olio, so O-L-I-O, in um, your app store, basically, or online. And then once you have downloaded the app, well, actually, as part of the kind of joining experience, we do show you how many other Olioers are near you, and that's something that... um, has been a really, really powerful feature to help drive the behavior change that we want because we have discovered that one of the largest determinants of behavior change is that social proof piece. And so when we show people that other people are using the app near them, it really gives them that boost that they need to take action. So uh, it takes you know probably 10 seconds to... Create an account and to have a look around. The first thing we recommend that everybody does is to do a bit of a cupboard clear out, and that could be your kitchen cupboards. You know, you've got things sitting there, unloved at the back of the cupboards, or those kind of good intentions that are never going to happen, or perhaps are tins that have passed their best before date, whatever it might be. Or to do a clear out of some other cupboards. So perhaps I think most of us have got a toiletries drawer of stuff that's just collecting dust. So we definitely recommend that people start by giving something away. And you will immediately notice, you might be thinking, who on earth would want my X, Y, or Z? And the answer is there is no shortage of people who want your stuff for free. So the average food listing is requested in less than 25 minutes. And the average household item listing is requested in less than two hours. So we definitely recommend just doing a little mini clear out, adding a couple of listings to the app, and it's up to you whether you want... So you set the pickup location. And just to be clear, you just it's just an approximate location that's shown to everybody else. So privacy is something we take very seriously. You can then choose who you want to give your items to. So you can look at other users' profiles, where you can find out a little bit more about them. You can see how many other people they've shared with, what their star rating is, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And then... You can, once you've decided who you want to give your stuff to, you can disclose to them the pickup location, which could be your home, your doorstep, I'd say for roughly about 90% of people, that is where they share from. But equally, it could be from your workplace or or a public location, or perhaps you could just leave your item outside in a bag uh, if you want a a, a no-contact pickup. It really is up to you. And it's as simple as that. And it really
0: is. It really is as, as simple as that. Let, you have a business-to-business business side, don't you, on the Olio yes. app as well. How, how, how is that playing out? So, are organisations, companies getting involved with with this process?
1: Yes, they are. So, businesses are under increasing pressure to stop throwing away perfectly good food, and quite rightly so, uh, because of the cost of living crisis, but also because they need to have their net zero plans in place, and they're not going to achieve them if they're throwing away food at the scale that they are. and So we work with businesses to enable them to have zero food waste locations. And how it works is we have 60,000 trained volunteers who are members of our community. And on their allotted time and day, they can pop out of the house and go across the road. They'll go to their local store, which might be a Tesco or a -a Pret-a-Manger or Iceland or KFC or someone like that. And they will pick up all of that store's unsold food. They then take it home and add it to the app within minutes People living nearby are requesting that food and minutes later, they're popping around and picking it up. So that takes that food from uh, having sort of been seen as waste in the store to on average in less than two hours being fully redistributed into multiple homes in the local community.
2: That really is a a a great way of that circular economy within within where you live, isn't it? Is, is really yeah. strong and something we need to do more of. I think that there's loads of you know. I heard that so you've got food banks and you've got beauty banks now. I've heard there are warm banks that are going to be starting off over the winter, which is just a really terrible place for people to be. How what have been some of the challenges in uh, that you may or you may have not had any challenges with with getting Olio out there and, and getting people to see that. This is also can be part of the solution as we move further into the cost of living crisis. This has surely got to be something that you hope to see even more growth in um, because people might not want to go to food banks, that stigma attached to it, even though it's nothing to, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, needs must. But this is just another option, isn't it, in in what people can be doing that does good for the world, doesn't waste. um, You're not over-consuming, because as we put on here, if you need a drill, you don't need a drill, you just need the hole, um, and you could give that back potentially. But
1: what are some of the challenges you see moving forward? Yeah, so uh, the important thing to stress is an area where we've never seen any challenge is on the demand side. I.e. There's no shortage of people who want to pick up free food or or free household items. And as you've alluded to, uh, if they are having a tough time, what they love about Olio is that we are all about community and not charity. So there is zero stigma associated with using Olio. And that's super important. So there's no shortage of demand. Our number one challenge is supply. It's encouraging people like both of you, although yeah. you're on the app, but you know everyone who is listening to take, yes. to take 10 seconds to share their spare uh, yeah. rather than to... Either throw it away or just leave it, sort of gathering dust, being unused on on their shelves in their homes. So that really is sort of challenge number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Um, yeah. And we are just constantly experimenting with pulling different levers, whether it be in the product and the product experience, and also in terms of the marketing, our segmentation, uh, our messaging, our communications channels. And we're all just laser focused on getting more people to add listings to the app.
0: Yeah, and and you touched there on how you're marketing and what you're doing to encourage more people to get those more listings on the app. What about marketing? Because of course we're talking to you know our role is to educate marketers to be rethinking mm-hmm. a lot of the 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 focus on continuous growth and and um, and of course overconsumption and unnecessary consumption and irresponsible uh, marketing. Yeah. So. So what more can be done around the stories we tell and how we educate people around food waste and, and not overconsuming? Because sometimes, you know, like you've said, the scale of of a third of the food being through, you know, I don't think the majority of people get that, know that. It's not on our daily radars. So where can marketers step in with this, with this kind of support to to encourage those behaviour changes?
1: Yeah so marketers have the largest job of their lives ahead of them we they have got to drive systemic behavior change and move us collectively from this linear extractive wasteful entirely unsustainable model of consumption that our yep. whole economy and economics is currently based on and we've got to move people over to this sustainable circular economy and I believe it's really interesting because as of kind of 1st of January last year, something changed. It felt like we had collectively woken up to the fact that climate crisis was real. Um, But my concern is that we are now, in sort of less than two years, we are going from denial to despair. Uh, And I think it is the job of marketers to occupy And really build out that space in the middle, which is the space where action takes place. And how that needs to be done is by getting people excited about how much better the future is going to be, how much awesome, more awesome we're all going to feel through living in this much more connected, circular and sustainable. Way of living. So it's not about sacrifice and it's not about compromise. Um, it's about a much better future. But unfortunately, that story is not yet being told. And I, there's a terribly large amount of greenwashing yeah. taking place and a lot of, quite frankly, very incremental thinking. Uh, you know, we're not going to recycle our way out of this mess. And it is extremely misleading and I would say dangerous to be implying to people that because something's got some recycled plastic in it, that it's an environmentally sound um, purchase decision. It's not.
2: We have to change our values, don't we, as people? We've become, as you say, so disconnected and and so uh, like, I guess, socially not speaking to people, not even smiling to people in the street. Like people find Mm. that strange if you smile at someone as you walk past them. But a lot of your your word of a lot of your marketing comes through word of mouth, obviously, within the communities. Um, and the local community community are doing a lot of your marketing, which is some of the it's the most, I guess, the most trusted form of marketing, isn't it? If somebody yeah. tells you about something you try, you have a great experience, you'll tell more people. So do you have some examples of communities who are doing things really well or as well, instead of just food? And sort of things that are doing really well. So, you know, you mentioned toiletries and stuff, but I'd be really interested for people listening to say, you know, our community is sharing best practice with other communities on what's needed.
1: So we've leaned very heavily into word of mouth marketing from pretty much day one. And we did that out of necessity. We had very little capital and doing whatever we could to drive word of mouth is a really cost effective and also high quality way to grow. So one of the first things we did was create something called our ambassador program. And we've now had over 50,000 people reach out to volunteer to help spread the word about Olio in their local community. And we recognize that We don't have the language or the use cases, um, or we don't know when it's timely and relevant to be talking about Olio Mm. in every community, in every country across the world, but our end users do. And that uh, sort of empowering the community to spread the word has been really important to us. So how we do that is we pop people onto a digital pathway. And so we give them lots of relevant content and information and stuff that they can share online. And then... We also enable them to be able to download their own sort of hyper-local guerrilla marketing kit, so posters and letters and flyers, or if they're based in the UK, we will mail that to them. Uh, And then we also give them access to a hub where they can download uh, press release templates. We give them guidance on formats for hosting community events, in particular kind of around the potluck model, which we find works very well. So we've lent really heavily into community, and it's something that, there's still a lot more that we can do there as well. I love that. I love that. And I think community
0: is is where it's at, isn't it? Because, yeah. not you know, together, when you bring people together, that is super powerful. So not only is what you're doing through the app and actually this sharing economy and supporting people to, to kind of get connected, but this idea of then empowering people to, to spread the word, because I think that's one of the key Challenges that people could become frustrated. Like, I love this. This is fantastic, but now what? Mm-hmm. How do we scale this? And how do we support yeah. the scaling of that? So, so the fact that that's all facilitated, fantastic. I will be asking for one of those kits to be mailed <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to be running a party. In- excellent. That's for sure. That's for sure.
2: And I think that whole piece around, like you know, Christmas in, is coming up quicker than we can. I mean, I saw Halloween mm-hmm. stuff and Christmas stuff in the <laughs> shop yesterday, and it just blows my mind. Why are we doing it? I have an eight year old, right? She has a lot of stuff and I am trying to wean her off stuff. But I also don't want to not let her enjoy stuff, not let her have presents and stuff like that. So I think this is a really, you know, in terms of you can have stuff, it won't be brand new. I don't think kids care if it's brand new or not. They
1: honestly honestly do not care. I've got got a a now eight-year-old, actually. She was eight on Friday and a nine-year-old. And... All of their gifts are secondhand and they could not care less. It is brand new to them uh, and that's all that counts. And actually, we are running a campaign as we speak, a back-to-school campaign, because there are a horrific number of families that are really, really struggling to kick their kids out right now. And then there are other groups of families who are drowning in clutter and stuff and they just don't know what to do with it. Uh, And we've had a massive uptick in neighbourly sharing in response to that. That back to school campaign and the kids love getting involved as well. Like, it's yeah. actually really really enjoyable for them to go through their playroom. You know who would have thought it? But if you ask them to go through their playroom to pick out the things that they don't want anymore, yep. but they think other kids will like, yep. they actually go into the playroom to do it. <laughs> so it really, really do. is a double win. They do. Yeah, they do. And, and and
2: the school fate. My my daughter. She gave bags of stuff. She she gave three bags away and came back with six, which literally was not the point <laughs> of the whole process. But I'm thinking like, if Christmas coming with with winter biting hard, you know, having that community sharing so kids can enjoy and not feel that pressure So your mental health as a parent goes, I I don't buy her stuff because I don't want any more. I don't want to be part of that consumption machine and I'm trying to teach her and she knows more about sustainability than I do, to be fair. But, (laughs) you know, you can have stuff and I don't want to not let you have stuff, but I, I can't keep ordering stuff on Amazon. This is not how it should work. And yeah. I think that that's a really wonderful, beautiful campaign to drive that through so people don't feel that they have to make that that really difficult choice moving
1: yeah, through. Yeah, and 100%. It is super stressful for parents. And actually, you know, if the parents are stressed, that is the worst thing for the kids as well. Exactly. And so we are all trapped in this sort of consumerist echo chamber, which is really, really destructive to the planet, but also to our, our own mental health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it feels
0: good. Like I say you said, you know, your, your, your uh you know, feel yeah. good uh, when they are giving and, and indeed receiving something, you know, that it's not going to waste. Yeah, And it feels good to, for everybody to get involved in that sharing economy. It doesn't, there's enough stuff, isn't there? It's just the distribution. Yeah. Of
1: and stuff. I think, the, the other important thing to note, because Jemmy, you, you mentioned about kind of, you know, new values that that we want people to have, but actually what we've found is there's nothing new about what we're doing with Olio. What yeah. we're asking people to do is to tap into their very, very human instincts. Human yeah. beings have been sharing for millions of years. Yeah. It's only the last 50 years when, forgive me, marketeers have yeah. persuaded us all that we need to live in our little boxes, disconnected from everyone else, and we must buy our own Everything. brand new item of everything that we have forgotten how to be human and you just have to sort of scratch the surface though and start yeah. having experience with something like Olio. And, and there's plenty of other ways in which you can do that as well and you it just feels it kind of warms your soul okay. and I think it it does it is just appealing to what we have evolved to do as a species yeah. actually which is to be connected it is to share the most precious resources it is to look after one another um, and all of that stuff feels really great. It does, um, and Gemma and I have both just recently finished reading
0: Lost Connections by Johan Hari, and of course he validates all of that with study after study after. Uh, study. I need to read that. It's, I phenomenal, read that. it's, it's phenomenal. phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's okay. phenomenal, and the amount of studies that you know and the professors and the researchers and the scientists that that he's that he's spent the years walking around the world traveling around the world connecting with and getting and evidencing and validating it's it's not pithy in any way shape or form so everything is you know backed up it's like I'm not just saying marvellous I'm I'm definitely uh, yeah you would love it need to get my hands on that yeah yeah so we like to ask all of our guests, three quickfire questions to wrap up the podcast. And it's been a wonderful conversation, Tessa, and we really thank you for coming on here and telling us more about it. So we're going to ask you these three questions. The first question is, can marketing save the planet? What's your view moving forward?
1: So I would say yes, because I'm an optimist. Um, I would also say that marketing has to save the planet. I think marketers are uniquely well, placed to do, to rise to the challenge, the greatest challenge that the profession has ever faced. And yeah. that is to stop appealing to our monkey brain and getting us all buying brand new, shiny, sparkly things, which, if we're being honest, is actually quite easy to do. Yeah. And the industry needs to embrace the much, much harder, but ultimately, um, you know, it's going to save us from extinction, um, the much harder task of, of changing our behavior. Fantastic.
2: And if we're all around, what do you hope business looks like in 10 years' time?
1: So, I very much hope that profit with purpose is seen as the norm rather than the exception. At the moment, people tend to pitch profit and purpose as against one another. Mm. Whereas in my experience, they are mutually reinforcing in the same way that, you know, treating your employees well and growing your business used to be seen as these diametrically opposed things. We all now know um, that they're mutually reinforcing. So I very much hope that profit with purpose is, is seen as the norm and we're not having to justify why we're having a positive impact on people and planet. Fantastic, fantastic. And if you were to
0: give one piece of advice to others around getting started with making a more sustainable difference in their lives, what would it be?
1: Well, I think given this audience, the single biggest force multiplier on themselves and their actions is what they can do through their work. Yep. Rather than any decisions that they take in their personal life, I could give you a hundred sort of you know, simple swaps that you can make in your personal life to, to live a more sustainable life. But if you can bring this sustainability imperative and lens into your day to day work, then that will be really transformative. And if I had two tips for sort of um, how to do that, one, it would be really leaning into the positive. Um, and presenting people with real, meaningful solutions. I think people have woken up to the problem and the negative. Uh, And then the second thing would be to continue to appeal to our more selfish uh, tendencies as a species. Sort of altruism is wonderful. But unfortunately, it always seems to play second fiddle to much more selfish tendencies. And there are plenty of selfish reasons why you should be uh, getting involved in the sustainability movement. We just need to dial those up and make those much more apparent.
2: And I think also downloading the app and living and breathing and trying something only through the experience of doing it. it will spark a whole load of new ideas. 100%. Everyone, everyone download <laughs> the app because it comes with all those ideas. You can take those ideas back into your business and say, yeah. imagine if we did this. Imagine if we partnered with them. Imagine, you yes. know, we waste this or and, and all of that. And I think that is absolutely key. And that's what Michelle and I kind of get people to do is educate yourselves and try stuff differently because only yeah. then you can really come up with new ideas.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we've, we've got a section in the app called Goals. So small plug for that, but there are about 130 simple swaps that you can make in your life to live more sustainably. And many of it is is kind of swapping out products, but also we do include great documentaries for you to watch on this topic, books to read, and things like that that will just help you on your journey to living more sustainably. And the thing that's really, really important about individual action, uh, not just in the workplace, but in your home, is you know, I like to say that it was billions of small actions that caused the climate crisis in the first place. And so by the same logic, billions of small actions can help get us out of it. And that what you do does matter and you do count.
0: Absolutely. Well, what a wonderful way to finish the podcast. Tessa, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you you so much for sharing your views, your insights and telling us more about Olio. And uh, I can personally, uh, you know, give a big cheerleading shout out for Olio. So do get involved. We'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes so that everybody can get started. And um, is there anywhere, anything else you'd like
1: to um, point our readers or listeners in the direction of I guess the only other thing I would touch on is that many of your listeners, I'm sure, work in food businesses. And so if you work for a food business, or even if you have a corporate canteen, please do visit our website, which is oleoex.com. And you can find out more about how we can save your food and redistribute it to the local community rather than it being thrown away. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Great. Thank you.